Good evening and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLocal and follow our podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. On tonight and tomorrow's episode, we are going to be kicking off our trade and free agent tracker, which is going to be a little bit of an analysis layered on top of some basic details about what each of these transactions is and what they perhaps mean for their teams. We'll start off with some of the bigger ones first, just because I think that these are, of course, very important, relatively speaking. And then one of the bigger deals has been Ryan Murray for a fifth round pick, sending him to the New Jersey Devils. Now, Murray's not really one of these guys who's a really high-end transition defender. What he does bring is nice, solid defensive presence, especially on a second-pairing role. The return for Murray was something like a fifth-round pick, and when you kind of think about it, that's not a whole lot, especially for what Murray brings. I know that some people will say that the pick was probably more valuable, but I feel like if you're looking for a guy who tends to be more on the shot-suppressing side, who can occasionally skate the puck out of danger and generally keep scoring opportunities away from your goaltender, then Murray's not bad at all for a fifth-round pick. I think that he brings nice value for what you're paying, and I think that given where the New Jersey Devils' defense is right now, he's a near-perfect fit. I think the real question is in his upside. You know, is he really worth a whole lot? Is he a decent defender? Is he, you know, something that could be potentially built upon? You know, does he have skills that maybe contribute in the offensive end? And so far, for the most part, we all kind of tend to think no. I think that at this stage of his career, what he is is like a number 5D or maybe a, a 6D, perhaps at the very best, like a fringe fourth defenseman, which is not bad, especially for a fifth round pick. That fifth round pick is probably not going to turn into much these days. That said, I just feel like Murray doesn't really have a whole lot of upside. And so what you get with him is more or less what you see. And that's that's a solid, reliable two-way defender who's more attuned to his own end and brings some much needed shot suppression and perhaps a little bit more stability to New Jersey's back line because right now their defense is pretty bad. I mean, obviously the, the Devils have quite a few needs, but defense is definitely one of the big ones. Speaking of big ones, arguably one of the biggest trades of this current offseason picture has been Paul Stastny to the Winnipeg Jets. And of course, you might be thinking, wow, is it really that big? But I think it actually holds quite a few implications for the Jets. The trade itself sent Carl Dahlstrom and a conditional fourth round pick from 2022 to the Golden Knights with Paul Stastny no salary retained coming back the other way. If you're wondering what the conditions are, it's basically just a COVID proof pick. You know, if he plays five games, the pick gets sent to Vegas. If he doesn't play five games because the season is canceled, then basically it was just Carl Dahlstrom and the Jets weren't bringing back Carl Dahlstrom anyway. So basically Stastny for free either way. As far as the fourth round pick is concerned and paying for Stastny, I feel like in some ways it's a bit of a balancing act, right? Because obviously Stastny's cap hit is pretty big and the, the Knights had no real leverage in this particular trade, at least on the surface of it. I think that they understand Winnipeg has a severe dearth of centers, and they were probably thinking that at some point, the Jets, with a decent amount of cap space, would probably come calling for Paul. In the past dealings with this team, we've often seen that Vegas really dislikes the Jets. They do everything in their power to try and keep them from being as good as they could be, which led to Paul Stastny joining the, the Jets in the first place. If you didn't recall that one, that was where they ended up acquiring Derek Broussard to keep him away from Winnipeg, and the Jets ended up pivoting towards Paul Stastny instead. In the intervening times, of course, it's been a bit of a lean picture for the Jets. I think that, you know, the, the obvious lack of center depth has definitely shown up during this season and in previous seasons, but it's especially bad now that uh, Brian Little has been announced to be missing this entire next season, which I think is basically the end of his career. 
We've said it for a while that most likely his health complications from his injury are likely going to sideline him permanently. With that news being announced today, obviously the need for a a top six center was pretty pressing. And so the Jets kind of paid a little bit for one year of Stastny. And I think that generally speaking, this isn't a deal that I'm too stressed about. In isolation, right, this is probably not great asset management because you'd be expecting the Knights to pay you for taking on his cap hit. You might send like a lower round pick to them in exchange for like a second rounder or something, right? But of course, where the situation kind of changes is that Paul Stastny is not really dead cap. He's actually a pretty good second line forward. So it's not like you're just changing a pick for no value. Stastny is likely to be a very important contributor next year. And I feel like the biggest thing with him is that he may be the link to get the Jets to Cole Perfetti and ultimately to keep Line A around. I think that this might be a move for the longer term picture of convincing Line A that this is a project worth committing to. Maybe the Jets still want to trade Line A down the road, but I feel like right now with the situation as it is and how really barren the market is, especially for tradable assets, the Jets really can't afford to do a whole lot. So bringing in Stastny at least should satiate Line A. It gives him the skilled center he's looking for. And you know what? Generally speaking, Stastny was pretty cheap. A fourth round pick for a year of Paul is probably nothing to really be upset about. And it's not even in this year's draft. It's two years out. I guess that to some degree I think that there is a little bit of a concern of paying for assets that are maybe not really worth the price of admission and and Stastny could potentially be considered that kind of prospect but my overall feeling is like I just don't care enough to be really upset by it it's not that big of a deal I think that the deal is fine itself the Jets massively improved especially considering where their center depth was before and where it is now as far as what we can expect from Paul He definitely is slowing down over the past couple of seasons. He doesn't score that many goals, and for the most part, he's mostly feeding shooters. So if you're expecting him to be a really big points-producing offensive driver, he is in some capacities. He's definitely a key cog and a distributor, but I don't think that he's going to be scoring many goals, which isn't what you're really bringing him in for. Winnipeg has tons of talented goal-scoring wingers. I mean, that's always been the case with the Jets, and it continues to be the case, but their center depth has definitely declined over the past couple of years, and certainly Stastny will help fill a temporary void until Perfetti is likely ready to step into a more elevated role. He'll certainly be a lot more offensively attuned than Cody Eakin was, and I think, most importantly, he understands the chemistry between himself and Ehlers and Line. He knows where he needs to be, he knows where he wants to get his wingers to, and he has the ability to make those passes and get into the spaces where he can be effective. After this season, he's going to be a free agent, and of course he's probably not going to be sticking around Winnipeg. I think at this stage of his career, he's probably nearing retirement more than he is a a new contract of some sort. If the Jets were to keep him around for like one more season on a much cheaper deal, I could see that being a thing, but I think Winnipeg's going to have enough salary concerns as it is. So Stastny is more of a one-season punt. And again, for a fourth-round pick, I don't love it 100%, but it's also not a bad deal either. I think it's the kind of thing where it could have been better, but it's not as bad as some folks have made it out to be. It's just kind of a met trade, but it definitely helps the Jets probably in the short term and probably in the long term as well. Most definitely in the short term, I should say. He's, he's going to be a huge asset, especially on stuff like the power play. But long term, maybe he helps bridge that gap between Line A and the team, and he can bridge us to uh, eventually a link up between Line A and Cole Perfetti. While the trades, you know, you look at the history of the trades over the past couple of days, and they don't really look all that impressive, where things did definitely get a little bit livelier is when we entered free agency. And we'll start talking about a couple of those free agents in just a few moments. But before then, we'll talk a little bit about more of a serious topic with some of the fellas. Talking about and dealing with erectile dysfunction is very difficult. 
Usually we brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like I've lost my mojo or we just avoid the problem altogether with excuses like I've had a long day at work or sorry honey I'm just not feeling it. Truth is a lot of guys know that ED is a very common problem but no one wants to admit that they need to deal with it and need to get treatment. But at long last there's finally a safe, discreet, and convenient service that allows you to get the help you need. With Roman it's finally easy to discuss ED with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. With Roman you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare pro will work with you step-by-step to find the best treatment plan, and if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is super easy. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. During quarantine, it can be a little bit tiring heating up the same old TV dinners and frozen pizzas night in and night out. Maybe your family is looking for a change of pace. Maybe one family member wants some Vietnamese, maybe you want actual real pizza, and maybe somebody else is craving a little bit of pasta or even frozen yogurt. Who do you turn to to make everyone happy? The answer is DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is super easy. Just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with a new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-to spots or order from your favorite national restaurants including Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. DoorDash makes supporting your local businesses and restaurants easier than ever. And right now, our listeners can get an additional $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when they download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. Don't forget, that's code locked on NHL for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Welcome back to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are covering a little bit of free agency and trade action, and up next we are going to be talking about free agent stuff. Literally, as I am recording, we continue to get new free agency deals that are signed, some of which may get mentioned on tomorrow's show. But before we get to the free free agents, let's talk about some of the contract extensions that have happened, including Matt Murray at four years by $25 million. The Matt Murray deal when Ottawa traded for him was already kind of weird enough, in my opinion. You know, Murray hasn't really had a great past couple of seasons, and I feel like a lot of Pens fans were probably probably happy to see him move on. He is a goalie with some recognition because he has had a couple of Stanley Cups and in at least one of those performances he was actually pretty great. But we also know that the Pens roster has always been very good at scoring lots of goals, so if Murray conceded anything soft it didn't tend to matter too much. In previous, especially earlier years when he first joined Pittsburgh, he actually had some pretty decent numbers, some of which looked very good and potentially starting caliber. As the years have gone on though, Murray has seemed less and less like a number one starter and more like a, maybe like a backup of some sort. Ottawa then trading for him with I believe a second round pick and then signing him for four years by $25 million, to me doesn't really look like a normal contract. You know, the Sens are trying to hit the cap floor right now and especially a, a deal that takes them for a couple of seasons and keeps them at least a little bit out of cap hell might be why they committed to signing him for so long and for so much money. I really don't think that his actual track record speaks to the kind of performance that you're looking at when you're paying somebody nearly $6.5 or so per season, right? I mean, that's not exactly the kind of performance over the past couple of seasons that leads to a contract like that. Unless the Suns really think that there is something to his game that maybe 
at whatever Pittsburgh's coaching staff just wasn't able to identify. Whatever it is, this is an extremely puzzling extension, especially at the size. If he was like signed for maybe two or three seasons for, I don't know, two to three million, probably more like three and a half to four, okay, you know, that's that's not terrible, but by the same token, I just don't really know that his track record suggests a long-term deal is sufficient. I'd have been expecting some kind of a prove-it contract rather than something that is a long-term commitment, even for just four seasons. Tampa Bay has also made some moves, including the extensions of Patrick Maroon and Luke Shen. Shen was re-signed for one season at 800k, which is not exactly great money spent on a guy who's probably like a 7th D at best, but Maroon signed for two seasons at 900k per is pretty ridiculous. When you think about the quality of his play and the amount of skill that he brings, even for a guy who tends to be more of a big rig kind of player, Maroon is pretty insane value for less than a million per. I mean, that's the kind of contract that really the NHL should not have too often. I mean, this is a deal that's too good to be true. The Lightning, of course, probably only get away with this because this is Tampa Bay and they just won a cup and they're looking to keep guys around for another run. One guy that appears to be on his way out, in fact, and won't be rejoining the team is Tyler Johnson, who was actually just straight up waived. And we don't really ever see somebody of Tyler Johnson's quality waived, but when you look at his contract, which I believe runs until 2024 and is around $5 million or so per season, Johnson's just not at that level anymore. You know, he used to be a part of the triplets line, and he was a really important part of their top six. But as time has gone on, and he's had so many injuries over the past couple of seasons, Johnson's relevance to the team and to his deployments has started to decline. It is clear that Johnson can probably be a capable contributor somewhere, but I feel like for the price that he brings and the amount of injuries that he's had, and for the term that's left on his contract, it's going to take a team that really has no center depth. I did see some people grousing that, of course, they paid Stastny for a season while Johnson was available for free, but, you know, Tyler obviously comes with a lot more risk. He's signed for way more years. He did have some kind of a no-movement clause that they skirted around by waiving him, and to my mind, it's just not really a comparable situation because Johnson is both younger and also not quite as good, to be honest. All that said, that's a very tough break for him, and I, I certainly feel for him because I'm sure that that doesn't feel great, especially after you just won a cup. One of Tampa Bay's other cap casualties has been Carter Verhage, who they did not qualify, and now he has signed with the Florida Panthers. The Panthers have also signed Alex Venberg to a one-year, I believe $2.25 million deal, and then they brought in Rad Kogutis for three years at two and a half million per. And the Gudis thing I don't really understand because they just got rid of Mackenzie Weger, and to me, Gudis kind of plays a similar role. Both are very physical defensemen, but I feel like Weger brings considerably more offensive upside, and that's like not a whole lot of offensive upside to begin with. Most of their value is in using their strong frames to shut down opposing opportunities in their own end. Letting Weger go, who was probably asking for around three million or so to bring in a guy with a similar skill set at slightly cheaper I guess it makes okay business sense, but I tend to think that Uyghur has more upside, at least in relative terms. It just kind of gets a little bit of a shrug to me. In goalie news, we have quite a few additional signings. Cam Talbot has signed for three years at $11 million with the Minnesota Wild. Braden Holpe has signed with the Vancouver Canucks for $8.6 million over two years. And Markstrom has signed with the Calgary Flames for 6 by 6 Also of note, Anton Hudobin has re-upped with the Dallas Stars for three years at $10 million over the entire stretch. Henrik Lundqvist is also signed for the Washington Capitals for one year at $1.5 million, and that probably represents the best contract of all of them just because it's very short-term, and Lundqvist is definitely chasing a cup. Now, as wild as some of this player movement has been already throughout this show, we're about to get to a really, really big one, especially for those of you who are fans of the Boston Bruins, so be sure to stay tuned. Before we get to some of the largest free agent contracts, I did want to tell you a little bit more about the relaunch of Bilt Bar. If you're a longtime listener of this podcast, you certainly know that Bilt Bar has a reputation for for delivering really great alternatives to the traditional protein bar. 
Their protein bars are like candy bars, coated in a dark chocolate exterior with a soft, chewy interior. Of the OG flavors, I have to say that for me, raspberry and mint brownie take the cake. But now, Built Bar is back and better than ever with a brand new relaunch. And with the relaunch come six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. I don't know about you, but those sound pretty darn delicious. And best of all, Built Bars are great for you whether you're on a weight loss program or a weight maintenance program. Most bars clock in at under 200 calories, around 5 grams of net carbs, and between 15 to 19 grams of protein. Right now, Built Bar also has a very special program ongoing between now through October 12th, where you can enjoy 12% off your order and order their limited-release strawberry flavor, which is part of their partnership with several breast cancer awareness organizations. If you donate to Barbells for Boobs, Breast Cancer Angels, Huntsman Cancer Institute, or Living Beyond Breast Cancer, Built Bar will match your donation to the organizations up to $50 per order. You can also purchase a breast cancer awareness hoodie for $19.95 with all proceeds going to the same four organizations. Be sure to try this new limited strawberry flavor and pick up one of the breast cancer awareness hoodies to support a great cause. When it comes to buying auto parts, it can be difficult to find the exact right place to get both a great deal and the exact selection you need to service your vehicle. Most folks probably don't even know the make, year, and model of the vehicle. If, like me, you'd have trouble memorizing that information off the top of your head but still want a safe, convenient, and easy-to-use website that allows you to find the exact parts you need, then head on over to rockauto.com. The fine folks at rockauto.com have been in the automotive industry for over 20 years and have built a site that allows you to sort by all of the details of your vehicle and set a price range so you get the exact parts that you need at the prices you want. Best of all, you can save anywhere from 20 to 50% off retail brick and mortar in-store pricing. Whether you're looking for a new engine control module or a floor mat replacement for that when you drop that greasy taco on, rockauto.com is sure to have what you need in stock. Using their website is free and everyone, regardless of their experience level, always gets the same exact deals across the board. When you place an order, be sure to write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, visit rockauto.com today. Welcome back to this final segment of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We've talked about quite a few free agency deals and some trade deals, and we're going to save a couple more for tomorrow's show, but we did want to talk about one huge one that just broke, and that is Tory Krug for seven years at $6.5 to the St. Louis Blues. This is, in all honesty, one of the biggest contracts we've seen awarded during this offseason, and it really reshapes part of the Central Division. You look at the Blues who just lost Alexander Petrangelo, and Petrangelo looks to be signing with the Vegas Golden Knights or the Toronto Maple Leafs over the next couple of days, but Krug going to the Blues is a big deal. You know, at this stage of his career, Krug is not really the top-pairing puck-moving defenseman that he used to be, but he's a very dangerous offensive threat, and he can be trusted to be a catalyst at both 5-on-5 and 5v4 on the power play. I think the biggest question with him is, obviously, the term is a little bit on the longer side. The dollar value is very fair. I think the contract itself is fine but it does run through most of his later years, and he's already around 30 or so right now. For what Krug brings, which is really high-end, second-pairing, offensive defenseman-type material, are you getting the best value? I think that this is pretty good for, like, a free agency contract, but I also kind of question, as he starts to age out and hit maybe 33, 34, what is his performance level going to look like? Is this a contract that you need to move off the books? Already the Blues are going to have to dump salary somewhere, which might include Tyler Bozak or some of their other players. I'm just not 100% sure of this one. It's a little bit on the longer side, but again, it is a fair deal, and I feel like the Bruins are probably upset that they couldn't get this one done. You know, the Maple Leafs, though, they did kind of have one of their own deals, which is not quite on the same level, but certainly is a big free agent name from the defensive side of things off the board, and they have signed TJ Brody for around four years and five million. 
I feel like this is a bit of a gamble because Brody has had a bit of an up and down past couple of years with the Calgary Flames. Maybe it's just the way that the Flames play, but Brody hasn't been as good as he used to be. When TJ is away from Mark Giordano, his play seems to dip, and that's not really shocking because Giordano has been one of the best defensive players over the past couple of seasons. He's an amazingly dominant puck carrier, he creates tons of offensive opportunities, and he's kind of like older version of Dougie Hamilton, although I think his style of play is a little bit different. That said, I think the level of offensive impact that he used to have is similar to what Hamilton is doing now. Of course, you know, Brody is not really that same kind of player. He's more of a details-oriented, two-way defensive player who brings a lot more of a transition game. I don't know if he's really that kind of guy, though, at this stage of his career. My guess is that the Brody deal kind of takes the Leafs out of Petrangelo unless something really crazy happens. I did see a rumor that said they are shopping uh, Willie Nylander at some point, which for me, if, if Nylander's available, then maybe the Jets should be taking a look at him. I don't know what that deal would encompass, but it would certainly be a very interesting option if the Jets were looking to change things up and maybe try and find a partner for Line. Obviously, I think the best option is for Line to just stay put, especially for all parties concerned right now. But of course, if things go a little bit haywire and the Jets need to make a move, there's at least one option out there. That's going to be our discussion of all of these signed free agents. I have a feeling tomorrow we'll have a couple more big ones. I would imagine that Taylor Hall at some point is going to sign. It sounds like he's thinking about a couple of different destinations, maybe Columbus being one of them. A lot of teams seem to be making cap space room, Nashville included in this bundle, but it's not abundantly clear which of these teams is going to be the one to be lucky enough to get him. With that, we're going to close out tonight's show. As always, thank you so much for listening, and before you log off, be sure to check out the Locked On National podcast hosted by Sarah Avampato, as well as our other Locked On NHL affiliates to find out more about your team's special deals and upcoming trade options. Thanks again, have a great night, and go Jets go!